Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, No Breaking Podcast. Uh, we're here. We're still not doing it in person, but we're doing our best to do it over the telephone. And, and this time, I've got someone that I'm very, I feel very lucky and very blessed to have on the podcast, uh, Mr. Alan Pierce, probably known more so for his vehicle, maybe, and his heroics than, than his actual self. But, Alan, I mean, thank you, firstly, for everything you've done. And also, obviously, for, for taking the time after your work day in the front line there of what you do and to talk to me. So, Alan, thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, James. It's really, it's pretty, really cool being able to talk to you. Well, I, I, look, I'll, I'll take it as a very big feather in my cap for you to say that and also a feather in your cap that I wanted to have you on here and so you could talk to the listeners and tell them a little bit about um, yourself. I mean, obviously... We know your story, and if some of the listeners don't know your story, do you want to go a little bit into a little bit more detail about what happened and we'll look back in 2018 at the campfire? Oh, yeah. What are we, uh, two, we're two years out now for the campfire? We are exactly, November? almost, yeah, yeah, just over two years, yeah. right? Two years, one month? Yeah, yeah, so, so never, November 8th, 2018. Uh, for me, that was just uh, another day, but it was a, it was a day that uh, I guess other people found out about me but uh yeah there was a big fire that burned down our our entire uh like several um uh, towns like uh Concow and uh paradise and polga and and other other areas that were close to there and um yeah we we had a big fire and i, I happened to work at the hospital and i'm just giving you the short version we we had to evacuate the hospital uh at some point after that evacuation we were uh, the staff uh, that was left after all the patients had gotten out uh, um, attempted to evacuate and uh, we didn't we got trapped and had to drive through fire and and uh, a lot of people have seen the pictures and videos and it and uh, ended up being rescued at one point by one of the Cal Fire dozer operators amazing amazing person and um, we got back to the hospital and we uh, after <laughs> after hugs and and uh, kind of just just recentering ourselves and and, and just kind of be amazed we made it through that uh, we noticed people were showing up at the hospital and we did we we had to take care of them because a lot of some of them were injured or needed help and so we broke back into the hospital and set up a triage and took care of them there at the hospital in front of the ER until the hospital caught on fire then we moved over to another part of the parking lot where we have set up for helicopters to land. And um, and took care of uh, the patients that were showing up there until we were able to tr uh, attempt to evacuate the second time, which uh, that's that's when uh, we actually got out. And um, uh, after I had gone to, I, I met up with um, our leadership team down down uh, in Chico, which is the the, the big town out uh, that Paradise is out of. Um, uh, as I was leaving, I saw my truck parked you know, just where it was parked and looked up and the, the, the burning, you know, the, the cloud of fire and everything behind of, of paradise burning. And then my truck, I just noticed that in all my kind of giddiness at, at escaping and, and getting to see my family soon, I, I saw that uh, the truck kind of matched the background and I just got down, you know, on one knee and took a picture and then got in the truck and like went to see my family. <laughs> and that, that one picture uh, like, I don't know, maybe a day later or something or two days later, I posted it just because um, I was just posting a cool picture on my on my phone and, and that one blew up. 
and that and uh, I don't know a lot of people in the world have seen it. Yeah, I was going to say you probably are one of the, or at the time, probably one of the most famous uh, Toyota Tundra owners. I'm guessing at that point. Yeah, for for a while there, <laughs> definitely. And That's and so pure, pure numbers. Yeah, and and from that, I mean, it's sort of like being a snowball. I'm guessing as to sort of what's come through with you over those those two years that followed, right? I mean, it's not. It's sort of been kind of a a journey for you to take that there I think in, in our conversations before that we went to air that you're sort of taking rather in your stride I'd, I'd say yeah at, at that point um I was dealing when, when a lot of these things that uh, people know about were happening I was actually still dealing with uh leadership of my of my team at the hospital and still trying to find out if they were alive you know like you know the the people that were working that day I had checked on them that night the next day was purely dedicated to like to uh, getting a hold of my own staff, and because a lot of them lived in that town, and finding out if they were still, you know, if they were healthy and alive, and uh, we managed to find everyone that day. And I think over the next week, we found the rest of the people from the from the rest of the hospital that lived in the town that but weren't working that day. Yeah, and, and so um, how did that sort of transition so I, I, come I, about? We sort of got like famous from this photo, and sort of how did we able to sort of fit that around your life at that time well it was it was weird because i was it kind of broke me mentally like being up there and uh doing all that and i just i kind of put it all out in that one day and and every time i was dealing with uh, the leadership team and so things kind of just happened like uh all of a sudden toyota is getting a hold of me <laughs> you know the, people are calling me from all over the world because somehow my number got out and uh, so I'm getting calls and texts and, and DMs and everything. Like everyone's hitting me from all directions and every amazing Overland company is getting a hold of me and telling me, oh, you know, like uh, you can have our tent, our tires or what, you know, and I, and I, I would respond like, hey, that's really cool, but I, I literally don't have a garage or anything to put, a, put anything in. <laughs> I, I came down the hill with my, with my, my Tundra and, and I had my scrubs and backpack on. I didn't even have my own clothes. I just had, so, so I, it was a lot of at first going like, oh, let me, I'll get back to you. I don't, I don't really have a plan right now because we didn't know what was happening with insurance. We didn't know, you know, this is all uh, uncharted territory for us. So Toyota at some point calls and gets a hold of me and um, uh, my uh, Tyler over there and, and she, she texts me first and she, at first she calls and I ignored it because there's some call from Texas. And then she texts me and she's like, hey, this is Tyler from Toyota. Um, I, I need to talk to you. And I pulled over because I can't. I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on? So I'm still, and, and plus I'm still driving the, the, the burnt truck around. The, the, yeah. the OG Panda, I call it. So, yeah. um, so I pull over and, and she says like, hey, we want to give you a truck. And, and, I, was, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, but at the same time in my head, I'm like, I don't have a job. I can't pay taxes on a like a $50,000 gift you know yep <laughs> and she's like well I'll talk to them we'll we'll take care of it you won't have to spend a dime and they were good about it they like took care of everything on that end of things so we didn't have to stress out about that and I was like um and I was like you know I also put a lot of money into this truck on on modifications you know it was it was like kind of just partly done 
And she's like, oh, we'll talk about that later. But, you know, we just want to make sure it's cool that we can run. Because all they've ever done is run that one comment on on that they were said, don't worry about the Tundra. Don't worry about your truck. We, we're going to give you one. That's the only yeah. time, like, uh, Toyota's actually ever done anything promotionally. Because everything else they did was just uh, a, kind of a press release that they would give to everyone when they asked them questions about it. Yep. They were just just super supportive of me. And, like, you know, you know I get that. They they ran they had somebody later on they had someone check like in the first four days I think it hit like 32 million people and then it was just exponential beyond that. So it was just kind of amazing the reach that that one picture and the story attached to it had. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, I mean, you got to understand. I mean, at 32 million just in the first four days, you got to wonder at where it's like gone to from there. I mean, it must be astronomical. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't even know. Like, but, uh, and then, and then later on, uh, I got contacted by SDHQ in Arizona, just amazing, uh, company that works with all types of off-road vehicles. And then, uh, Nick from Rockstar Garage got a hold of me and I just, I liked what he, I liked what he was, uh, kind of putting out there as, as it's a, it's a kind of a curated team that he picked out of good people. Like everyone I hang out with on on this crew is like just fun to hang out with. He he works with certain companies, and he would man and he would manage and he just offer he's like I'll manage the build, and we'll get it you know we'll get it dialed the way you want it. And I was like, this is what I need because <laughs> because I I, you, yeah. I was coming from a management background, so I'm like the, the whole management thing is you you find someone that can do it better and have them do it. <laughs> Exactly, right? And obviously Nick's been, thankfully, another guest of the podcast and a great guy. Um, I could totally see you fitting in with him and everyone there because it just seems the right sort of connectivity there along what you guys both think and, and everything else that you guys do and put together. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, they come from different worlds of off-roading, like a lot of rock crawlers in there. So I get to, you know, drive to wherever we're going and, and do what I can do. But then when, when it goes into the rock crawling, sections i could jump in their vehicles and just have fun and watch them wreck their their vehicles <laughs> exactly that that's always what i think i'm like look especially with anything off-roading i'm like look if i can get there and then i can go with someone else and if they break then it's i've got nothing to do with it i'm just enjoying the ride right that's the best part about yeah. it they get you there and you yeah, just and, have fun and they're some of the some of the you know they're some of the best in in you know in the industry and in like in the genre of uh, off-road, like it's it's really cool just hanging out with the people that drive Mischief Maker and Vandicon and Rogue and Gridlock, you know, n- that Nick drives. I mean, there's so yeah. there's just so many just rad vehicles. <laughs> and and where they can go and what they can do is, I mean, it's another level altogether. I mean, somebody see them yeah, when they're climbing those rock faces and rocks. It's unbelievable. Oh, uh, I'm in I'm in it with them a lot of the times when they're doing it. And it's just. And they're like, oh, you you look so calm. And I'm like, yeah, because you got a roll cage, so I'll just, <laughs> just keep my hands in. I'm I'm on it for the ride. Exactly. You just keep your hands crossed across your chest, holding on there, and yep. then you're good to go. That's it. That's it. You just hope yeah. the roll cage works. That's what it does its job. Yeah. <laughs> and I see the welds on them. They they they, build, they have good roll cages in the companies they work with. Put a good product. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so. I mean, that's like days after of where you're going uh, and this whole thing. I mean, when, at what stage did you sort of feel like from like November 8th, say, did you finally feel like you were getting back to sort of, as we can sort of in inverted commas here, say like day-to-day living? How long did it really take for that to happen? 
for you and your family to <laughs> I don't get back to normal. Or even if you are you know, back that's to normal a, yet, one might say. You know, I think I think you could you would say we were back to a normal now. Uh, you know, it's obviously not the same one. I, we you know we lost our house. We lost both my wife and I both worked at the hospital, so we both lost our jobs. Um, we uh, she had family that lived in Chico, so we we stayed at their house for a, uh, for a, I don't know about a month. We stayed like at their house, and then we got trailers on their property. We stayed on the we stayed in that for I don't know three weeks. We found a rental house. And then maybe uh, six months after that, we bought the house that I'm in right now, you know, because insurance was starting to come through. And uh, so uh, definitely getting in the house and more so having the kids have their space. I think that's when yep. I started feeling like, like I could be comfortable with the idea of normal, not necessarily feeling normal because it took me a, a while, but once the kids had their, had their space and, um, and because because even their school, you know, their their schools burned down, you know, one of them burned down, the other one, they couldn't get to it because it was up in paradise. So they all had to move their schools down here. They um, So, yeah, I think the kids having their own like rooms and getting like most of the parts of the rooms together where I felt like the kids could go to their have their space. And, you know, after losing absolutely everything, I've never gone through what they did as a child and to watch my kids just push through all of this and 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 just be so resilient was amazing like it was it was kind of my inspiration i'm like okay if they can do this i should be able to do this yeah totally so um, i mean so does that bring it what around like the four or five month mark then from when you uh, was, purchased the house and then moved the, in, kind of thing? probably six six seven months maybe something like that six, I don't know, it, was, it was june we got a house we got the house in june probably moved in in july of 2019. Okay. Um, I think that's the timeline. And then uh, I got a job pretty quickly. Like I, I interviewed about a month after the fires. I was not in any any mindset to interview, but I needed to get on it because we had a whole, uh, I just needed to get a job. So I knew we would have a nice, you know, a, a, a soft landing, <laughs> if you will. Of course, and, of course, yeah. And so I, I got a job at the local hospital in Chico. Uh, some of my friends already worked there. Um, he told me it was a great position. And so I ha I already had the ICU experience, which you need for pre-op and post-op. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been a great fit. I work with an amazing team. Uh, they've been like so welcoming and I just, you know, and now, now I'm here for almost two years in January. I'll be, I'll be there for two years now. And it's been amazing. But the first, uh, I have to say that interview was uh, the strangest interview I've done. Because I, I come in and they, they start asking me the interview questions. And one of them know me and the other two, like, know my, everyone at this point knows my story in, in Chico. And she asked me, so uh, why do you want to work here? And I, and I, and I, I said, I, I don't want to work here. I had a job that I loved, you know, and I was leading an amazing team of people. And I need a job. And I heard your team was was really great so I, I i need a job and so i might as well work with you guys <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that was my strangest strange interview there was no interview like questions that were actually answered in that look i mean it's it's it seems like it's worked out for the best though for everyone even though not being the no. more, more one of the more unusual interviews you've attended yeah i i i somebody's asking me like so what, what do you do with all this i'm like well i i try to fail up like that's always my, 
my goal is always like, you know, say whatever you wreck your car, you get a better car, you wreck your, like you always upgrade always like, like I'm always like, okay, this didn't work. Let's make it better this time. So um, I just kind of took advantage of, you know, like what I, from management, it, it took up so much of my time and so much of my mental time outside of work. So I wanted a job where I just clocked in and clocked out and I worked hard when I was at work. When I clock out, I don't have to worry about someone calling in sick. I don't have to worry about uh, someone getting pregnant. I don't have to worry about uh, somebody's like significant other getting a job and moving out of town. I get to just work and take care of patients yeah. again. Like the whole the whole reason I got into nursing. Yeah, and then also obviously at this point, uh, if, especially when you started, there's before you got a new house. I mean, you've got lots of things on the go, and if you were able to just clock in and clock out, and then give your time to your family and everything else that you need to do, it's mm-hmm. going to be much easier for you to get things going and try to try and, as I say again in air quotes, get things back to normal as would be at the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, when I left that job, I had about 250, that's probably 250 hours of vacation time I hadn't used, and that ended up getting cashed out, which it's good money, but it wasn't, I would have rather taken the time. Like, <laughs> and, and I was a bit sad that I lost all that vacation time and I had to like, and I had to build it up again. And so now my goal is to never have that much vacation time unless I'm using it all for some epic trip. Well, and, and this is obviously what I've experienced because obviously I come from a, a Commonwealth background, whereas they give you like vacation days like straight from the off. But here, some people obviously don't believe that in the United States, you don't quite get as many vacation days as we'd like. So getting 250 hours is it's a good substantial amount. And as you said, it's always nice to be able to, while it's good to take it, to be able to save someone like that and to have an exorbitant trip is, is also one of those things that we all dream about, so to speak, to have those regular trips and then have enough to have a, a long vacation of sorts to unwind and whatnot. Yes, exa- exactly. And I, you know, I was just getting comfortable with uh, how my unit was running to like start thinking that way. I always took like, I always took motor camping trips with my friends and we, and we were literally about to go on a trip the day after the fire, I was, I was the day after when the fire happened, I was leaving for um, Joshua Tree the next day, that morning, that next morning to go meet up with my friends. Over there, I have a group of friends that we meet up, we've met up over the years since, uh, I don't know, <laughs> for, for like decades now. We have like, we call it the November birthdays and we, we meet up every, every year somewhere. And this year it was going to be a, a kind of an overlanding trip in Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's those little trips that we live for, right? And then if we can fit the big ones, yeah. in, all the better. I mean, I, I've been very, in my scenario, it's always funny, whereas my wife and I always seem to have like different periods where we have lots of vacation at the opposite times. So we're just trying to get yeah. in that rhythm where we can just have the same trip, same amount of like vacation days to make the trips work for us. So we're still, we're always working for that, trying to sync up those vacation yeah. days. One one day we'll get yeah. it, one day is the hope. I mean, it's, but, all, it's all just dirty life stuff, like just trying to make life work so you can have your adventures. Exactly, exactly. So speaking of that, so as we come into you, you've, you've got sort of, you've got your house, you've got your normal, you're coming on, like, I mean, if we talk about one year later, I mean, you were involved with Seamer, I think, at that point. Were you for the next one in 2019? Uh, yeah, I, I'd always wanted to go to SEMA, but I was not part of the industry at all. You know, it's just something that I drooled over on Instagram and Facebook and whatever, and YouTube. Yep. And, and I was like, what is this? I like, <laughs> it's amazing. And then Nick's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have the, we'll have the Pandora and FEMA. And then not only did we have uh, the new build, you know, the Pandora Pro, I call it, um, 
can't see, but we we had the Toyota like shipped up the original, you know, the OG Pandra. So I had both of them in the in one of the booths with me, and it was and and I had my own booth, which was just crazy. And, yeah. So how, uh, I mean, how did that sort of feel like coming to that realization of this is something that you've dreamed of and wanted to get to, and then you're there with these <laughs> well, two very distinct <laughs> different stories of sorts. Yeah. I, well. I'd always dreamed of like going there and like walking around and, and, and looking at vehicles and stuff. I, I'd never dreamed of being one of the, the, the things you see at SEMA and, and, and the, you know, in the trucks and everything. So that was just crazy <laughs> to, have that, to, to just be at SEMA and like be actually part of it. Not just, not, not just walking around and experiencing it, which that part was amazing. It was, that still was the most amazing, like going, getting to go around and see everyone's builds. You know, some of these that I'd only seen on, on, online. It was just amazing. And the, the, the next question for you is, with you having two builds in there, did you have to drive either of those builds in, or did they have, did someone, did you just drop them off, or someone did that for you? I, I drove my, I drove the Pro, the Panda Pro down to uh, Rockstar Garage, so they could do some last-minute things on it before SEMA. And, um, and then I, uh, they, they shipped the, the, OG Pandra up from Texas where they keep it, uh, where Toyota keeps it at their headquarters. Um, so both of so those, and then I did, and uh, what's that? I was going to say, so basically you just tell me you had the like VIP experience where you just give other people, just bring your cars there. You just turn up and all the work's done for you and you just take all the accolades. Is that what you tell me now? That's, you're just doing yeah, properties I mean, basically. See, basically that's how I roll. Like that's, that's my life story. Yeah. But believe me, if I if I had the time, I would love to be the person that, that rolled up and was able to be there. But just because of where everything's located, you know, Vegas is, you know, eleven hours away from me and and even Rockstar Garage is a good eight, nine hours away. Um like I, I do what I can to the vehicle up here and they'll they'll usually do the major stuff and it's just it's just where I'm located and how much time off I can get. So usually I'm just trying to bank as much time as I can. And then, and then, and then I'm flying in and then end up driving back, you know, driving the truck back from Vegas. So yeah, yeah it, it felt very, very VIP. Nothing like, nothing like when I go to a Toyota event, that, that, that is, that is the ultimate VIP experience. And that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that's like once in a lifetime. So what are some of the Toyota events that you've been part of then? Um, the uh, well, by far the most amazing one was uh, the January, January. I want to say January seventh. Like it was early January after the fire, so like within a couple months. Toyota yep. flew me out to um, to uh, um, San Antonio to TMMTX, where they where they build the 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 Tundras and the Tacomas. Yep, and because they they actually gave me a choice, they're like, Akio is going to be in Plano, and you know we'd like you to meet. He'd like to meet you, and he's like, or you can go to TMMTX, where you know the factory where all the all the people are building. I was like, I need to go see these people that built this truck that got me through this. I, <laughs> that's, that, there was like no question. I I need to. I I would love to see the factory, and so they flew me in. I worked like all the way up to the end of the day. I drove straight to the airport. I needed. I I took a red eye that kind of took all night, you know, with, uh, uh, with how the flights worked and, and they picked me up in the morning and they drove me right to TMMTX and I got to walk through the whole, the whole, um, 
assembly line. And once they found out that I had a mechanical engineering background, then they got really detailed with it to the point where the handlers were like, we need to move. And they're like, they're like, no, no, we need to show them this. And it was amazing to, to watch uh, like something like, uh, like we followed this one, uh, like voodoo blue tundra being built like from, from like sheet metal, <laughs> like yeah. from flat sheet metal to like roll rolling, you know, out of the rolling out of the building, to, you know, being fully tested and fully like ready to be purchased and rolled off the lot. It was, it was I mean, amazing. That, that must have been, yeah. I mean, that must have been incredible, really, when you see it, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, and and, th- and then on top of that, my heart goes out to those people because you know their uh, their their uh, dedication to to like safety at Toyota is like un- unparalleled from what I've seen. And I, I like work in a hospital, and they and they are the ones that will can teach hospitals how to do things correctly. And and just to see these people and be able to thank them. You know, they actually got some of the people together. They went back and found the ones that worked on my truck and got them like, there was like 15 of them in a room and I got to like thank them personally. And it was very, it was very emotional. It was, it was pretty, pretty wild. So that was my, by far my favorite Toyota event, Toyota uh, experience I had. And there's been several, yeah, ones, but that was amazing. It, especially getting to meet the 15 folks that sort of put your car together. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. People that literally put their hands on my vehicle and like, and you know, bolted in seats and you know, whatever. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, and didn't you also get the? You, you did get the chance to meet uh, Akio though later, right? Right from there, or when? Yeah, was, like, at some uh, point. Yeah, yeah. Later that year, they you know, Toyota invited me to go to the NASCAR, and uh, in July, and so I, I took one of my buddies to that, and. We uh, they're like, hey, do you want to do a um, a lap around the track before you know? And you know, and and I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll be I'll be there at seven thirty whenever you want me there. And so we get in the car, and the guy's driving us. I was like, oh, he's like, hey, it's, my name's Martin. Uh, you know, I was like, oh wow, like so we're driving around the track. I'm like, so this is what you do? Do you just drive drive these laps for Toyota? For and he's like, no, no, I'm in the race. And it was it was Martin Truex Jr. And I don't know NASCAR, but. <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. taking us off. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I won this last year. I, I, yeah, I'm going to win it again this year. I'm like, right on. And, and I was like, go fast, man. And and so we watched the race. He ends up winning it. And they, they, they rush us all down to winner's circle. And as he's standing up on the stage and, like, they've got confetti in the car and they're taking the picture, he, like, points down at me. He's like, I told you I would. <laughs> See, I think it was probably those wise words that you said to him in the car that really pushed him over the edge that day. I, I throw it all down to you. Huh? It's all definitely all you. He might have been the hands on the wheel, but you were the one that put the wheels in motion. Yeah, I'm so I'm so inspirational to NASCAR drivers everywhere. <laughs> so um, exactly. But when when I got to meet Akio, I went. They invited me to go to the dealers meeting, and they presented they presented like kind of a video of the story, and it was it was just it was wild because we're in this like arena that they, that a basketball team plays at in Vegas. And uh, I'm meeting uh, Jack Hollis, one of the Toyota execs. And, and uh, they, um, they play the story and then they bring me out on stage. And as I'm coming out on stage, you know, everyone, you know, some of these people who hadn't heard the story, like, we're like, Whoa, he's alive. And, but they're bringing out the truck behind me. But, but before that, like 
I was sitting in this green room that they had me, you know, set up in, and they're like, "Hey, Akio wants to meet you," and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, definitely." <laughs> Actually, at first I was like, "Nah, I'm good," and everyone's like, "Shocked." No, so I was, I was, I was, I was like, waiting. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally, I totally played it that way the first time just to see their faces, and I was like, "No, no, of course I want to see them." And so, yeah, we we met. Uh, he, you know, we both don't speak each other's languages. Like, well, I don't speak Japanese well at all. And he's and his English is way better than my Japanese ever will be, but it was it was just really cool just being in his presence and just have having this uh, this connection and like getting to shake his hand and 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 meet this person that's like this you know this uh, kind of, he he loves vehicles he loves sports cars he loves racing it's it's someone that like runs a company but he but he walks the walk and and yeah yeah he's just an amazing person. So it was yeah. just kind of no, an honor I mean, being or being being next to this iconic, like human. So yeah. it was it was I, very I, cool. Yeah, I mean that's something. And then so obviously you've got a great relationship with Toyota, but who are some of the other things that have sort of fallen, as you say, like to say, fail upwards? Who who are these some of these other people that you've or companies I will say that you've had the chance to work further with? I mean we talked about Rockstar. Uh, in regards well, to Rockstar Garage, and who else are some of these other customers, that companies you've been working with? Well, so, some of the companies. Well, you know, there's people that I've followed. You know, I wear. I'm wearing the pants I'm wearing right now are, are you know, they're cool brand, and I, you know, and just getting to work with companies like that, and and um, well, even through Rockstar Garage because they're based in uh, uh, Temecula. They work with a lot of the companies I grew up in Southern California with, with, with K&N and Mickey Thompson. And, you know, it's, and it's just wild being around, like having their, their stuff on my, on my vehicle. Because it, as a kid, when I had, I have a FJ60 Land Cruiser that, you know, at some, some point I'm going to rebuild it. Thank goodness it was down in Chico at a shop <laughs> during the fire. So I still have that. But, um, yeah, but have, working with companies like that and like finding it and, and these other companies like Power Tank that, you know, that had the supply of CO2 tanks and and one of the most fun companies I've been working with is uh, CBT, the rooftop tank company, because the owners of the company are amazing. Like uh, he just contacted me because we're going to I'm going to be helping him put tents on on one of the local towns uh, out here just burned and a, a ton of people just lost their homes again and a bunch of and a bunch of people lost their lives but there's people that don't have homes they didn't have insurance it was it was this mountain town they're not set up like people in cities you know the, the bigger cities are and that's all yep. they have and so he's gonna set these people up with rooftop tents and and sleeping bags and on top of that they're asking for donations so they can get these two people that need them and it's just amazing to be able to give back because most of the reason I even did interviews after the fire word was to keep the paradise story in the, in the news cycle, because you know how the news cycle works. It's like one, one tweet or when something happens and everything that happened yesterday is gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing everything I could to keep people talking about it. If it was going to do be my truck and the picture of my truck and me talking to do it, then I was going to talk to people because I needed everyone to uh, know what my town went through and, and, and give help where they could. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine you've also been quite obviously focused in regards to that. I mean, it seems like, especially when you look at some of the things you've been doing, it seems a real driver for you in trying to get that awareness out there. 
uh, as you say, when this news cycle sort of these things that don't get followed up on and they happen when the incidents are happening and then they get covered, but then the follow-up of the of what's changed and what's happening next is not really getting covered as much as we'd like it to. Well, I mean, even the thing that really keyed it in because uh, an NPR story was playing that day in the car and it was, you know, the terrible thing happened in Thousand Oaks the day before and nobody ever talked about it again. Yeah. I was like, I need to do what I can to keep the paradise and, you know, paradise in the news cycle. So, so that's what I did. Um, and so, so yeah, it's, it, yeah. No, they said, no, please go on. Oh, no, 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 no. So yeah, that's just, that, that was why I was on, you know, talking and like, and just, and it just put me in the room with a lot of my friends that we went through it as well. So it was just kind of an excuse to like, kind of be together again. Cause when, with that whole shared trauma, it was a lot easier being around the people that were up there after the fires, because you didn't have to uh, qualify your statements. It was, uh, it was, you know, like we didn't have to, explain to someone how crazy it was when you know you're driving through walls of fire and explosions are happening everywhere like they knew and you could just be like oh that was nuts you know it was just yeah there were the people that, that i felt normal around yeah that makes i mean it makes sense i mean i to be i mean to be fair i definitely don't like the idea of driving through walls of fire and having things exploding around me i mean it doesn't sound the ideal way to spend it off <laughs> no <laughs> no no or anytime but um, yeah, yeah. So, so there are. It's it's crazy. Like I even became closer friends with some people that I was already friends with, and it, it you know, it, there's there's definitely good, very good things that happen. You know, having having been forced into this, uh, you know, all of this that you know, I I got a lot of good uh, relationships and friends, like like some of the people in Rockstar and and surrounding and surrounding uh, um, areas, like even the local uh, wheelers and stuff. I've become I've met some really cool people. Yeah. And, and so do you still have any challenges with this newfound fame that you've got then when you go there places and people know who you are and know you from your Instagram and your story? That you that, uh, like, no, everyone just completely surprise you? Like when someone comes up and catches you unaware? Oh, de definitely. Only, only because of my awkwardness of being uh, taking compliments. Uh, you know, I'm trying to... Yeah. You know, because I had this, you know, it wasn't just me up there. There were there were 25 of my of my own team up there. It was in like in the stories make it sound like I was out there rescuing everyone. And it was it was 25 of my own team. Plus, there were uh, firefighters up there and and uh, sheriff deputies and police and and everyone just working together. So that that's that's where kind of my, my awkwardness comes from. But then I kind of just. Uh, um kind of came to the realization that I'm the face for, you know, in, in the off-road world, I'm the face for that group of people. And, and that's just where I became kind of made my peace with it. It, it's, it is awkward being like recognized when, when to me, I'm just me. Yeah. So, uh, and, and to other people I'm, I'm the, uh, but I have to say I did end up on the nice side of the internet. Like people are generally just so chill on my page and there's not a lot of trolling and there's not, you know, everyone's, even kind to of, generally kind to of each other, which is so I and I've watched the internet very before, very you know? unique. Yes, very unique. Yeah, it's a very it's a, it's a it's a very strange like nice internet I've landed in, which which yeah. if you knew me in real life, I'm I'm not as as shiny and bright as as you know I'm I'm a real person, but you know uh, in the way I present myself there, it's it is part it is this part of me where 
where I do want to help people and I want to, and I want everyone to be cool. I've always loved the whole, <laughs> the whole, uh, um, kind of Wu-Tang clan model of where they bring their, they bring their uh, other crew members up all the time. And like, you know, they're, they're, pro they're propping everyone, everyone around them up. So everyone can be, have a good time and everyone can hang out and, and get things done. Exactly. I mean, you got to throw up the W's once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about that. <laughs> But, I mean, you've also, like, had the opportunity to work with some parts companies, so, right, and have your own, like, sort of line of parts. Yeah, so there, there's um, there's this group of Tundras. They do Tundra to Sedona. Uh, I think it's Tundra, the number two, and then Sedona. Um, yep. And they do a yearly meetup. Of course, this last year, it had to be canceled. But... Um, but it's just all these amazing tundras and a lot of the ones that I followed before even the fire, you know, I, I, I went into the fire with 150 followers on Instagram because that was not, never the point of my, my Instagram. It was yeah. just a, I used it as a forum to connect with other tundra owners to like, Oh, you know, what, did this fit? Or like, what'd you have to do here to make this work? Or like, what would I have to do to be able to do this? You know, it, it just kind of yep. used it as a forum and, and shoot DMS and talk to people on their comments. And they were always all the Arizona crew was, were always so cool, and um, so one of one of the people out of there has a company called Joe Max, a J O M A X, um, mm -hmm. and he is you know he's an engineer, but he uh, on the side, uh, his side hustle is uh, making parts that he you know like like engineers do. He finds an issue and he solves it, and so the one you're talking about is the uh, he made anti -lock, anti lock brake protection armor. And the the analog brake uh, connection <laughs> is is just a little plastic dongle that attaches inside the wheel, uh, like inside the radius of the wheel, and where all the rocks and everything else are flying around. And it's it's kind of an expensive and annoying thing to replace. Yeah. And he made this part that just you use the bolts that are already there, torque them down, and it, it's it's literally like a I don't know like maybe a fifteen to twenty minute install at that especially after you know what you're doing, it's super easy to the point where I, I did one and I had my 15 year old daughter do the other side, you know, the driver's side. So, and, and he, he, he reached out to me and I, you know, I already knew of him. And um, so we, we worked together and he made, he made me a Pandra, a Pandra special edition one, which is just, it's so cool to see my, uh, my logo on, on that, on a, on a part like that, you know, just, you know, laser cut into, into a piece of, piece of steel and a piece of yeah. aluminum it's just amazing it, it, I mean, it's, just, that's, it, it's wild that's just really cool it's yeah it's just really cool and i mean not only have you got parts obviously that are your signature series i mean you've also got your lean customs pin right that was out there oh yeah oh he was amazing i just I, he reached out to me he's like hey let's do this and he's like what do you want to you know you can i was like yeah and, and i wanted to donate all the money to uh like, and he, and he did as well, but hundred percent of the proceeds went to, um, North uh, Valley animal disaster group, which when there's a fire or any kind of disaster, these people who are volunteers all move into an area and they either start feeding the animals or they capture them so they can, uh, you know, rehome, get them back to their homes. Uh, but they generally just take care of these animals in the middle of these full on disasters that you're, as you're seeing firefighters, as things are chilling out and they're trying to find for all these cats and horses and pigs and zebras, whatever. <laughs> yep. And these, and, and these people are out there 
on their own dime doing that. So we uh, we did two. We ended up doing two runs. One like limited edition run of the OG Pandra, and then one of um, and then and then another and then another one where we raised more money. And uh, there is a plan to make uh, um, one of the Pandra Pro as well. So I, did, I don't know if you've seen the one of one of the shots where I've got the giant paddle boards on top of it because uh, <laughs> they think he's going to do a version like that. See, I mean, yeah, having giant, multiple giant trucks. With- I mean, look, if you've got lean customs made after your cars, I think you've made it at this point. I think that's a new thing now in 2020 yeah. is getting your car on the lean customs pen. Oh, his his style is just so great. I love I love it. <laughs> his style is just so amazing. So it was, it was really kind of an honor once I checked out his stuff and like you know he's done he's done all the Toyo builds. You know he did button built like it, yeah he's he's just done all these cars that you know that that everyone else drools over him. And it's just to have my, my truck somewhere in there is just amazing. And and not only that, I think those pins now are like some of the most collectible things in the automotive market, if not anything at this point in time. I mean, yeah, he, they are these things. That guy hustles like nobody's business. I, 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 I'm inspired by his hustle. Yeah, look, as you said, you guys, it's, all, it's all about the hustle and failing up. And so, I mean, Alan, at this point, I mean, it's obviously been quite a journey, as you said, in these last two years. So what's what's next for you? Uh, I was going to say, is the is the OG Panda, so is that in Plano then with Toyota at this point? So the OG Panda, um, I was told Toyota did not display uh, in their own stuff, uh, in their own uh, things, damaged vehicles. That was like a thing. They, that was like one of the rules. And with the, with the OG Panda, they changed that rule. So they actually bring yep. it up to different car shows where, and, and it's funny because they don't necessarily tell me what they do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they just decided last minute. And, uh, and then I get all these pictures, you know, in my DMs or the story yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's in San Mateo. Oh, it's in, I'm like, wow, that's, that truck's traveled more than I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's to put more miles on than I did. But uh, yeah, so and, and what... The, was this a yeah, well, I, I just you just need to know that that truck still runs fine. It just starts up and runs perfectly. Of course it does. It's a Toyota. It's never gonna not do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean even the even the lights still work. That you know, it was like they were like paper like even less than paper thin and all the lights, the headlights and the taillights still work. <laughs> that truck's amazing. It's crazy. So what's next for you and your your Panda two point oh? Um I think I want to, I, uh, right now it's up on forties and, you know, I'd love to go the direction of long travel. I, I seem to beat the hell out of the truck when I'm going fast. So I'd like to get to like uh, a long travel. If I could keep the forties would be amazing just aesthetically. But I also like the, I also like the, you know, the low rolling resistance of forties rolling over things, you know, that truck, yep. the truck as it is now makes me a much better wheeler than I, I am. I'll say. It, uh, yeah. it's, and it's just so much fun to, it's so much fun to drive. And and I just love that. It, yeah. It looks like this crazy Tonka truck, but I do drive it like that too. Besides driving it to work and driving my kids to school and, and, you know, other than that, it's my, it's my vehicle to get to adventure. A lot of the time, I think I've made some comment. I'm like, Oh, is adventure land lander a thing? Because I use it to get to paddle boarding, to mountain biking, to snowboarding, to, to hiking and, and, more even more than I actually uh, take it wheeling, 
but but with, you know when I go with Rockstar, we and, and with some of the my Paradise and Chico crew, like we we get the wheeling done too. So it's just already kind of what I want it to be. But I'd like to um, go go in like a, kind of a long travel direction, so I can go a bit faster off road without like really mm-hmm. destroying it. <laughs> so I think that. And, you know, we're going to, I think I'm going to work with bullet liner and get like a, a new respray of it and just kind of simplify the whole aesthetic of that. I, I don't know if you know, but that whole outside of the truck is, is deadlined with a, by a company called bullet liner. And okay. it, so just, so just raking past trees and stuff, you know, when people have all those pinstripes on their car, I don't have yep. any of that, <laughs> even, with, even with my giant truck, because the whole truck is bedlined. See, you live in the dream right now. So, uh, and it's just, I mean, I'm amazed that you're able to, you're able to fit all of what you do, like in your space, like in your motive, automotive world with everything that you do is just regaining like your regular everyday family life that you've got going on. I mean, it's fantastic. You're able to balance the two out and get sort of uh, the, I mean, the best I, of both worlds, it seems. Yeah, I, th- I feel like, well, you know, my dad was a doctor and he worked constantly and like i think that a lot of people that generation especially physicians that they work like that and i just kind of figured out and all that that's not what i wanted to do and and so for me uh life is about like balance and i was you know i wasn't getting the balance that i needed before all of this happened i was heading towards a back towards it though but uh but you know that you know events happened but uh, yeah, it's all about work-life balance and like being able to see your friends and hang out with your family. And like, you know, my kids are only going to be around once, you know, before they become adults and everything. So, and uh, you know, and, and like, like probably like a lot of people, I've lost some friends along the way. So I, every time I see my people, like be it, be it the, you know, off-roading crew or, or just my all, you know, what I call the, the super lovely persons, my, my, my people that I've known for decades from like, a group of people from like grade school all the way through college and after. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I hug them hard and we, we hang out and we talk and, you know, I just, I, I just love, I love the people that I surround myself with, including like my new work, my work family has become that. So I just try to make everywhere. Uh, what is it? You know, work, work hard, but like once you're doing that and you know how to do your job correctly, make, have fun. Like what, yeah. <laughs> what, what else is the point? You know, we weren't, humans didn't, I hope humans didn't evolve. What it was, my, my daughter, my daughter was asking me like, well, you know, are dolphins smarter than people? I'm like, I got, I got to say yes, because uh, they figured out how not to have debt and they get to play in the ocean all day and, and eat, eat sushi. But, you know, <laughs> I feel like humans have like boxed themselves into this world where, where they're not having, where they're doing too much work and not realizing like the fun is like just right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a really good point, to be honest. And speaking of that, if people are wanting to find out and see you with all the fun that you get up to, where's the best place for people to try and track you down if they can't find your pictures, your famous, your famous stroke, infamous pictures of you online? Where's the best place to find you on social media? I'm so, oh, it's always Instagram. I mean, I, there's always like the idea of doing a, a YouTube, you know, but um, Instagram. Sometimes I appear in the Rockstar Garage uh, uh, YouTube. I'm gonna there. There's there's a project coming up with uh, Dakar Tundra, Tacoma Beast, and, and possibly Rockstar um, in, in the early next year. That'll that will be on YouTube and, and Instagram. 
and other places. I, I generally stay off Facebook because of, you know, this year. Yeah, because of last. <laughs> yeah, so, I understand. And, and, my, and my Instagram is pretty much curated to, um, you know, my, my truck one is curated to like just cool brands and, and uh, other people's vehicles and people just having a good time. Yeah, yeah. So in, Instagram's yeah. been my go-to because it's just so simple too to manage. Yeah, yeah, just nice and easy. And what is it? It's like something like the underscore Pandra or something like that? Yeah, the, uh, at the underscore Pandra, P-A-N-D-R-A. Oh. And, and yeah, and if, and I try to write anyone back that writes and, uh, you know, like people are, people are surprised, but then, you know, that's because they don't realize that I'm just another dude out there <laughs> that's like, Oh, you, you wanted to ask me a question. I'm more than happy to answer your question. Yeah. Look, you answered my question. That's all I can ask for. Alan, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy, it's easy after I've listened to your podcast for as long as I have. So. Oh, that's very kind of you to say, but, but with that being the case, I certainly don't want to take up any more of your time, but it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Um, and I really appreciate hearing your side of it and seeing how things have developed for you over these last two years and seeing how, how your outlook in life. I mean, it's just really positive. It's really good, especially in the, in the times that we are, right? When sometimes it can be a little yeah. bit more difficult than usual. Yeah, but, you know, if you if you don't look at the news and if you just go out hiking or go out wheeling and stuff, none of that's happening. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta enjoy yourself, right? Look for that little yeah, bit yeah, of enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, it's been, been uh, just amazing being included in the in the group of people that you've uh, you've uh, interviewed and everything. So I really appreciate you taking the time as well. Oh, uh, you'll make me blush. Now we've got to stop this before I start gushing. But uh, so. <laughs> With that being the case, Alan, thanks again for everything. Thanks for the time. Everyone out there listening, please make sure you go follow uh, Alan, all his exploits and everything he does there. Also, make sure you check out Nick's stuff at the Rockstar Garage, another great guy. Um, and as always, like I say every time, try and give me at least five stars when you leave the review. Say lots and lots of nice words. It's always nice to hear that. Um, just as well so my mom gets to read that. That's what she likes to see. Um, we'll be back next week with someone else. But until then, guys, thank you as always for listening, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>